Welcome to Islam for Christians. This is episode 98, Quran, Surah 92, Al-Lel, The Night. By the night when it covers, in the day when it shines, by the mystery of the creation of male and female, surely the ends you strive for are diverse. As for the one who is charitable, mindful of Allah, and firmly believes in the finest reward, we will indeed make smooth for him the path to bliss. But he who is a greedy miser and thinks himself self-sufficient and gives the lie to the best, we will indeed make smooth for him the path to misery. Nor will his wealth profit him when he falls headlong into the pit. It is certainly upon us alone to show the way to guidance, and surely to us alone belong this life and the next. Therefore do I warn you of a fire blazing fiercely, in which none will burn except the most wretched, who give the lie to truth and turn their backs. But those most devoted to Allah shall be removed far from it. Those who spend their wealth for increase in self-purification and have in their minds no favor from anyone for which a reward is expected in return, but seeking the pleasure of their Lord, the Most High, and soon they will attain complete satisfaction. And now the Arabic, as recited by Saad al-Ghamdi. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والليل إذا يغشى والنهار إذا تجلى وما خلق الذكر والأنثى إن سعيكم لشتى فأما من فعطى واتقى وصدق بالحسنى فسنيسره لليسرى وأما من بخل واستغنى وكذب بالحسنى فسنيسره للعسرى وما يغني عنه ماله إذا تردى before we go into the contents just try to sit there for a second and reflect on what you just heard not the words exactly just just the pure sound maybe even play it again but this i mean the arabic sound not my horrible voice reciting english i mean this quran reciter reciting this in arabic 
and just kind of think about how it made you feel and what you heard. There's an almost musical quality to this Sora. It's hard to put into words why exactly, but you just hear it. The Sora is musical. When you listen to this, your mind, it almost fills in sounds that are not there. At a certain point, you hear it, and, and you can almost hear the beat of drums and maybe the sound of a guitar, even though, obviously, it is not there. This is just a talented Quran reciter. And you have to wonder how this sounded when Muhammad first spoke it. Was it like that? How much of the way this surah makes me feel? How much of that is the content? And how much of that is just a very, very good Quran reciter? How is it that when I hear this recited, I feel like I'm exploring some mysterious cave, almost as if I'm in the middle of some role-playing game, and this is the background music as I dig deeper and deeper towards some ancient secret or mystic temple. Now, was that the original intent? When Muhammad first read this to his people, I was wondering, did it sound like that? Of course, there's really no way to know. Of course, much of this is purely subjective, because you're talking about things like poetry and even music. You know, why is it that I can hear something on the radio and it sounds like cats and dogs in some kind of horrible death match? But the person next to me will be grooving and thinking, eh, tapping his feet to be, oh, this is really, really nice. You know, that's music. But at the same time, I have to think some of this is universal. Some of the experience is universal. Because it is hard to deny that there is some kind of musical hook to this Sora. I am, of course, not a music critic, uh, nor am I very knowledgeable about poetry. But there is most definitely a rhythm to this. It, it's an inconsistent one, but one that seems to mesh together in the way a poem would. This is something that has me tapping my foot, even though the beat isn't actually consistent, um, or consistent in the way most people would consider, say, a modern dance hit or something to be consistent. Uh, fully admit, I don't understand most of that. Uh, I am not a rhythmic person. But I saw rhythmic here. And again, it's not something I fully understand. But even someone so bad <laughs> at seeing beauty in music often, it is definitely there. So even though I don't really understand why, and I know I'm not the only one, there is definitely something musical here. It is definitely there.
Sora 92 is an early Mechan Sora. And it reads like one. It sounds like one. In addition to the inconsistent but somehow flowing meter, the Sora has a very, very consistent rhyme scheme. You may have noticed it. Every line ends with an ah sound. So we have a very Meccan sound here. But the content itself isn't really confined to any specific time period. What I mean by that is other Soras. Many Soras respond to events and should be understood through that context. But this Sora, it is definitely not one of them. It's timeless, both historically and Islamically. This is a sermon Muhammad could give at any point in his ministry, and it would be just as relevant for any Muslim leader at any point in history. And really, Christians at any point could get just as much out of this one. And by the way, the translation I just read, you won't really find that anywhere else. It's a combination of several, just what I consider to be the best lines, kind of my uh, Quranic cocktail. Anyway, let's go through some of those lines. Uh, we have, start with the first four. By the night when it covers, and by the day when it shines, by the mystery of the creation of male and female, surely the ends you strive for are diverse. Now, the temptation, particularly if you are reading this on paper, the temptation when you see something like this, these first four lines, you're tempted to just read these as throwaway lines, as something trying to sound mystical and important. But you shouldn't, because there is a point being made that sets up the rest of the Sora. What's being shown here is, or are, the contrasts, day and night, male and female, two things which are opposites, but coexist on the earth. And then, using this as an example, the Quran says that people, too, in the moral dimension, this duality exists in the moral world as well. Just as God created night and day, male and female, God created people who behave very differently. And the focus here, the lecture on good and evil, the focus will be on attitude toward money, wealth, and resources. The Sura goes on. As for the one who is charitable, mindful of Allah, and firmly believes in the finest reward, we will indeed make smooth for him the path to bliss. But he who is a greedy miser and thinks himself self-sufficient and gives lie to the best, we will indeed make smooth for him the path to misery, nor will his wealth profit him when he falls headlong into the pit. 
A virtue being highlighted here is generosity, sort of. You can think of a charitable person, but more so it's about the state of the heart. You know, a good person, someone who believes in goodness, uh, as the Quran says here in English, and firmly believes in the finest reward. The Arabic word there is the noun husn, which means good and beautiful. And not only in the physical sense, it could mean good conduct, good manners, or as the translation we just read states, someone who firmly believes in the finest reward. This is also translated simply as goodness or reward or the best of things. Someone like this, you know, Husen, a good soul, so to speak. Someone like this will have a smooth path to, to bliss, to heaven. Or a path to ease, as some translations go. In other words, virtue begets virtue. Or as Jesus said in Matthew 25, 19-20, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that was the parable of the talents a parable using money that wasn't actually about money at all. You know what? Uh, I'm going to stop here for a second and just clarify. I'm not going to assume everyone knows this parable in its entirety. Uh, for reference, this parable is in Matthew chapter 25. Luke has the same story. Just keep in mind, this is the same subject matter, basically that we're talking about here. You know, once this parable is over, Jesus is talking about the final judgment. So servants were given money while their master was away. Some put this wealth to good use and others did not. And talents were a unit of money. You know, but the money in the story is not about money. It's about what you have accomplished with what God has given you and your gifts and your talents. <laughs> Um, your life on earth? Have you lived a profitable life in the spiritual sense, using your resources and talents and all of that? This should be familiar to Christians, but if you don't know it, just search for a parable of the talents. It will come right up. And this is the same concept we're talking about here in the Quran. It's a parable about wealth that isn't really about wealth. Well, it is sort of. It's not totally divorced from actual money, like the biblical parallel, but it at least works on two levels. The levels of earthly resources and spiritual wealth, those two levels. The bad person here is someone who believes only in himself who relies only on himself, 
who does not believe in his true sustainer, that being God, but he believes to himself, herself, <laughs> I always say himself, but he believes that he is his own sustainer. And as it's translated, this is someone who gives lie to the best. So what does that mean? Uh, I've probably said it twice, but I've never actually explained what this rather strange phrase, at least in English, means. What does it mean to give lie to the best? What is this horrible thing? Well, in Arabic, it's that same word again, husn. Only this time, it's one who doesn't believe in husn, in goodness, in beauty, in virtue. That person's path to misery will be made smooth, even if that path does include some material wealth. Because that wealth will do this person no good when he falls headlong into the pit. And what a great visual that is, too. It's why I chose that translation for that line. Great credit to Yusuf Ali on that one. Because really any other translation is much less dramatic. It'll be to perish, to fall, to end up in hell, but falls headlong into the pit. That is spectacular. The verb used in Arabic is just, he falls. And of course, that can mean many things, which is why you get the variety of the translations. Falling all the way into hell. Or he fell, as in a euphemism for he died. But headlong into the pit? That's just great English. Um, the Quran tells us that if someone really wants to take the highway to hell, that person will find a smooth, paved road in front of him. But of course, the ending will not be good. The surah then ends with the common Quranic warning of a fire, but not just any ordinary fire. It says, Therefore do I warn you of a fire blazing fiercely, in which none will burn except the most wretched. So this isn't just a warning about hell. It's a warning about the worst part of hell. This is the Quran, in part, playing Dante here, and hinting that not all hells are created equal. This hottest part of hell is reserved for the most wicked. Now, the Arabic word here is ashka, and here, used in the superlative sense, meaning in its most exaggerated, intense meaning. Um, that's what superlative means. So, in this exaggerated form, this means the worst of the worst, the most extreme, the most non-Husin people. Now, wouldn't you be eager to know who these people are and to make sure you are not one of them? And the next line clears this up, saying that these wicked people, these people who will see the worst damnation, 
are those people who have knowingly rejected the truth. The people who know of God, but deny him anyway. Those who know the truth and they deny it anyway. Those who know goodness and deny it anyway. Those who know Hosin and deny it. So this is not someone who makes a misstep or a mistake or <laughs> to quote one of my favorite TV series or, or sleeps with the wrong woman for the wrong reason. This, this is deliberate hypocrisy and evil. You know, this, this isn't something you can just do in the moment. You know, this is someone this like, in legal terms, this would be the difference between premeditated murder and just going nuts and shooting somebody. You know, it's just considered to be much, much worse if it's planned out in the head and you know exactly what you're doing. So this is someone who knows that God is sovereign and yet denies it anyway, if for no other reason than self-autonomy. Um, in a desire for self-sufficiency, you know, even the ego's self-sufficiency, um, this desire for self-autonomy at the cost of God's rightful dominion. So if you have deliberately rejected God simply because you want moral autonomy, well, congratulations, you have joined fine company. <laughs> Take a look at Satan. He's right next to you. You're in the same club. That's what this Sura is getting at as the worst of the worst. And then the Sura follows the previous pattern, this concept of contrast, the, the contrast of the generous and the miser, and then the contrast of fates for two very different kinds of people. There are the people in the extremely hot fire, and then we have God's people those who are dedicated to God, who store their treasures in heaven, but use their earthly money generously and wisely, who give without expecting a return, a giver, not an investor. It's not the same thing. These people will be rewarded, but we also end with a hint that good action is, in addition, really its own reward. We are told, those seeking the pleasure of their Lord, the Most High, and soon they will attain complete satisfaction. Satisfaction. Contentment. Seeking only God and nothing else. Like the saints. And really, this this rare life, this is the promised smooth path. But in reality, few actually take it. You know, I certainly haven't. This is contentment in God only. That's the secret of the saints. Now, it's not easy. That's why there are almost no saints. But it's the only surefire way to satisfaction. And the Quran is sharing that with the people who, especially in the early days in Mecca, a people who definitely did not understand any of this. However, as I mentioned, 
so much in here is timeless and it's here for us now in our time even regardless of religion this this is great wisdom a timeless almost musical sermon of meter rhyme warning and wisdom thank you and i'll talk to you next time inshallah Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.